0: And we're ready in three, two, one. (laughs) We're never ready.
1: Nope. That's the countdown. Yeah. And here we are. Yep. Welcome everybody to the Pair of Dinks podcast. Yep. I'm Jake.
0: I'm, I was going to say Jake. (laughs) I'm Chantel. I don't know where that came from.
1: That's funny. And we're your hosts today. The Pair of Dinks.
0: Also... Honey and Luna are here. They can be good hosts, too.
1: If you speak cat. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. Mm -hmm. So, aside from being a pair of dinks, (laughs) we're also two individual people.
0: Very unique. (laughs) 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 We think so. We hope so.
1: And we were talking earlier a bit about uh, individuality and finding yourself and uniqueness. And we felt like we had to kind of save that conversation and record it because it would be something that might help somebody somewhere.
0: Yeah. So we're going to do our best to try to remember and repeat at least some of what we were just talking about. But, you know, when things come naturally, it's a little hard to recreate.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see where it goes. All right. I remember my thoughts starting with I was explaining to you. As a you know, teenager growing up with a younger brother who's only a few years below me, I got really frustrated and angry with him at a period in our life when I was getting into like skateboarding and punk rock music and like discovering a lot of what I really enjoy, what I want to do, things that I think make me unique as my own person in this world. And my brother started copying me a lot and I got really frustrated and mad because I wanted nothing more than for him to find his own things. Mm-hmm. Like, great. I like that you like some of the things I like, but also I want you to go off and become your own person. Like discover what makes you unique. What do you enjoy? What do you love? Yeah. Who Like what makes you who you are? Don't just <clears throat> copy what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. And on that note, I was kind of saying the same thing where there was a point in time where um, I was going through like an emo phase and I had a girlfriend who was um, – we got into this book where we really loved it and we felt like we were kind of the first, as we all feel sometimes, people to – get to know this book, get to read this book, get to feel something about this book and then it got very popular. And as soon as it got popular, she was like, fuck this. I don't like this book anymore. But at the same time, like her going against the grain, yet when we were going through this emo phase, she started copying me in a little bit. Um and we got into a, a little fight about it. And I don't remember really what the fight was about. I think we just got mad at something and then I think I probably brought it up that, oh, well, you're copying me, you know, we're like 15, 16, so. (laughs) But coming to that point, I think when you're in your early years, in your teenage years, and you're trying to find yourself, is when you start experimenting with other things that you see that other people look like or do that make you um, curious, and so you replicate it until you get to a point where you find what works for you and what resonates with you the most and um and then you turn that into your own own unique look or or thing that you do,
1: yeah. And it's important that we experiment a lot in our lives continuously. You know, I think that was another point we had just brought up outside was how it's not something that really ever stops no. because we're never the same person exactly day to day week to week year to year like our experiences observations tastes like yeah. everything changes over time
0: so my question for you is when did you kind of feel like you were finally hitting your niche in a way
1: well man I don't know if I have ever really felt like that. I don't know if I've found it per se.
0: Okay. When did you, at what point do you feel like you finally felt like you didn't care what other people thought and you could just do what you wanted to do or look the way you wanted to look?
1: Yeah. That definitely came when I lost my hair. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like 20. <laughs>
1: yeah, I forget what exact age I was when I fully shaved my head all the way down, but it had to be somewhere in my mid-20s. Um, yeah, I think, so growing up being like the only person in my immediate family who had real artistic drive. You know, like no one else in my immediate family plays an instrument or... You know, my mom does a lot of hobby crafting and sewing and, you know, she's really creative in her own realm. But for her, that's always just been a hobby. Something she just kind of enjoys, doesn't take herself too seriously with it, doesn't – well, I shouldn't say doesn't, but, like, at least in the years we were growing up, never had, like, a professional ambition with that. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody always sought more stable, secure um, lines of employment or – um ways of living that that were very much in line with just i don't know i guess what the uh a lot of us culture is like i don't know where i'm going with that sorry mm-hmm. but but i never it like i had i've I always say i had a lot of support from my family in my pursuit of you know whether it be music filmmaking photography like all the things that i really enjoy as but be- more
0: like an adult, though.
1: Yeah, well, as it came time to getting out of high school, going into college and like, okay, now what are you going to do as a career? And like, I fucking hated that question that people always ask you when you're graduating. Or they're like, well, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to become? You know, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm Jake and I'm going to be yeah. Jake. Like, I don't, I don't understand what you mean by this question.
0: Yeah, because the problem with that question is. Uh, based on what our job is supposed to be, which has, is, is not a good question. Not a good answer. It's who are you? Who just, who are you? Yeah. What do you want to do? What do you want to explore? Not what do you want to be stuck with? What do you like? Who are you? Uh, or what do you do that makes you, you or like you know what I mean? Fuck
1: that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. And I think it came from this mindset of, um, you know, when people ask you that career question in that um, stage of your life, it always felt like it was implying this kind of, what are you going to give back to the world? Like, what are you going to give the world? What, what, what's your service? How are you going to, you know, and I was always like, I don't even know who the fuck I am yet. I don't have anything to really give you. You know what I mean? Like, I've I've always felt like I need to go out and explore and observe and experience, and then I'll give you something out of that. But, like, I'm not giving you my life to, you know, sit in an office and type on a keyboard. I'm not giving you my life to this or that. Like, and I don't know, maybe in later years if I need to slow down, sure, but... I've always felt like as a young kid, I wanted to get out and see the world. I had this huge drive to want to go to places where people like don't speak English, where people eat different food, live under different rules, maybe live under no rules. I don't know. Like, I felt like I just needed to really go out and see what there is and to understand what I like and reflect on that. And then, I don't know, maybe bring you something of value out of that journey
0: so what would you categorize your style or your um persona as a teen
1: oh angsty rebellious (laughs) yeah sort of that not in like a disruptive um violent way but definitely any kind of authority figure or authority presence, I would always want to subvert that, get around them, find a loophole. Like, I didn't want to play by rules. And at the same time, I didn't want to be bothered. Um, You know, because I always felt like if you got in trouble, then it means you have to spend more time with the authority. So yeah. don't get in trouble. But also... um. Like, I'll kind of placate to your authority just so you leave me alone and I can keep doing what I want to do. Because, like, at that time it was music throughout a lot of my teen years. Music was my big drive. I just wanted to play guitar, make cool music, hang out. Uh, I really, like, that was the height of, like, the music video era. So I felt like um, that's part of what got me into video work and interested in exploring photo and video because they went so hand in hand with the music in that era where not only did you create this emotional experience that you could um, listen through and live through, but at the same time I could see this visualization of that. And especially with, you know, that was like the height of the emo movement as (laughs) you mentioned earlier, and they were people who dressed differently. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes
1: right like I, I never had seen people who dress so dark or embrace these different color tones and palettes because everyone else wanted to just look trim and proper and polished and professional and like office people i guess is the the only way i know how to describe it and this was the opposite of that and it fascinated me um i don't know i feel like i've strayed a long way from your original question here Mm -hmm. Um, what was your original question?
0: uh, Like, how do you feel like you were, uh, were in high school? Mm. Uh, Like, how did you identify in high school kind of?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was that, but I guess it also led to me feeling very lost. Like I fell between the cracks in a way because I didn't fit in with what most people wanted to do um and i kind of am. well i'm definitely the person who rejects subscribing to any kind of large crowd or movement or anything so even if there is a big counterculture movement i'm like well i'm not going to join that because i i kind of always have just been a person that wants to find my own way my own path i like having small groups i like bouncing between little communities um but i definitely have been someone who never wanted to be and to this day still struggle with defining myself, labeling myself or subscribing to any kind of a, uh, you know, large movement.
0: Well, I think now uh, I, I especially think now as an adult, it's so much easier to get away from labels. Well, one, because we're not injected in a world that is full of labels aka school. Yeah. Where people are um put into clicks, you know, like identified by groups. And um I think that's kind of the cool thing about being an adult too is that there's nobody out there really judging you anymore. There's nobody immediately judging you. There's definitely people judging you still, but you don't see it. It's not apparent. It's not in front of you. And you don't care as much because you are still just kind of like finding your own way. And when I think about how I grew up in high school, you know what? I, I, I Still, still to this day, like I'm always different. I am, I am like, i i i I uh, am a chameleon. Mm-hmm. I'm always different, and I fucking love that. And I really have to thank my my mom for that because she she laid the groundwork for me to um look and feel and do um, kind of like what I want to do. And uh, that's just the funny thing about high school and being an adult and just having the differences where people are not. In your face judging you and um man, is this what this conversation is gonna be like? Yeah. Where am I? What about (laughs) what was I just saying? What did you just say? (laughs) I'm like, I, I have these trains of thoughts and then I just I fall off so fast.
1: Yeah. But it's indicative, um, like so you're talking about being a chameleon and that love for having this ability to change yeah change experiment with your personality with your looks um but i think there's like there's this deeper gift within that where i think it gives you the ability to relate with so many different kinds yeah. of people across different cultures and backgrounds and upbringings because you're not there trying to impose who you are upon these other people you come in almost thinking what is this about and how do i like fit in with this or experience this or.
0: I just don't think that anybody should be labeled because we are, like you said, constantly changing. And with, with me, I don't ever feel the same. And I'm sure other people feel this as well. I don't ever feel the same every single day. And that's why my hair changes so much. And because I find it the easiest thing to, to change without feeling, I mean, like I'm not going to change my face besides makeup and stuff because I'm not going to, I'm just not going to do that. And I don't judge anybody that does that. Um, uh, I, I, it, you just, it, the world is so much more open for you. If you can just adapt in a way, like, And you don't have to adapt to be something that other people want you to be. You can just adapt to how you're feeling that day or how you're feeling when you go to that event or whatever. And that's what I loved about. I think it's hilarious when people see me one way and then see me the next way. Cause they're like, Oh my God, I never saw you like that person. Like you just saw me this brief amount of time because my hair, my hair is really the thing that actually just changes a lot where, but every hairstyle I have, every color I have is an indication of who I am. Mm-hmm. And that person just doesn't know me enough enough or well enough to know that this is the person I am. I I am ever changing. I'm not changing for anybody but myself. And I am fucking just enjoying my my life because I'm not trying to look like anything for anybody but for how I feel at that time.
1: Mhm. Absolutely. And it takes time to find that confidence.
0: Very much so.
1: And I think we only find that confidence when we're given the space and the time to experiment with different different looks, different beliefs, different opinions.
0: And being an adult really just gives you the freedom that I wish that I could just tell people that are young, that are struggling, that that is not going to last forever. And you just need to get past it because everything is so much better after that. Um, and, um, don't, don't nail yourself to the wall, um, thinking that you are nothing because of school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, um, I feel like I brought this up a few times in the past, in some past episodes, because I'm really, uh, I str- I strongly believe this in, it's really hard for young people to understand that you are not who you are until you are an adult because your brain for one is just not developed enough. And we care too much about what other people think. And I dread to think about what it would be like to be growing up in, in the way that the world is now, because now those kids are, um, they are in front of all these other people, like, There's too much out there that are making people feel like they are not enough. They're not good enough in any way. But on the other side, there are, it's such a great thing that social media is because people are also throwing it out there that it's okay to be unique. You know, it's okay to like change the way you look or just do whatever that feels good. But I still think there's something with the, um, high school dynamic, whether it is now or it was then or it could be in the future, that puts people in a bubble that makes everybody just feel like they're not enough.
1: Yeah. It can it well sorry, I think for like a a sciencey perspective for a second, um, because I've been listening to Andrew Huberman today, so sciencey things are on the mind. Mm-hmm. But uh you know, like it it's an easy way to remember people, right? Is to kind of categorize them, place them in a box, put a label on them and say, ah, oh, this person, you know, sort of looks like that, is into these things. That kind, you know, like we just kind of stereotype and generalize people for the sake of remembering. Totally. Um well, like today when I was listening to Huberman talk, it, he he was mentioning that there is a thing that happens in our minds where You know, if we have this expectation about what is going to happen, he was talking specifically about music in the episode I'm listening to. So if you think the song is going to do this or kind of move in that direction and then it does and that's something, you know, that you enjoy, then great. Like it releases some dopamine in your mind. And the same thing happens too if it's not what you expected, but you still like it you get that same positive dopamine release. But he said, there's a, a weirder thing that happens when we have an expectation and it's not met, our dopamine level drops a little. So we don't get that positive boost of good feeling and reinforcement. And so I'm, as you said that, it makes me wonder like when people have these negative reactions or they're kind of like, oh, you're not that like, If there's something that happens there and if they have this expectation of you based on how they met you, what you looked Mm. like then, what you were into then, and then they meet you and they're like freaked out or afraid because now it's broken that whole image and memory that they had of you. And instead of reacting with joy and love and saying like, ha ha, that's funny. Like last time I saw you, you were this way and now you're not. Amazing. What made you do that? Yeah. There's this fear reaction instead where it's like, well. You're not, you're not who I remember. Like. I think
0: I need to like stop you there because just in my own experience, because I change my, the way I look a lot, like kind of annoyingly a lot. I'm going to imagine for some people, <laughs> <laughs> for me, I feel like it's enough months at a time that it's okay. But I do understand that it's, it's a, uh, it's uh fucking, what's the word? It's, it's, it's a bit crazy, Um, but my experience when I've changed myself in any way, I get really great feedback because Mm -hmm. what I hear is that I'm really brave. I, I did something different. I'm brave. And it, that pisses me off so much every time that somebody says that, because all I'm doing is cutting my hair. I'm shaving my head. I'm coloring it. I'm wearing my makeup in a different way. Oh, I'm wearing like a shorter top or I'm wearing a longer top. It's something that is just different that people are like, oh, I I don't have the guts to do that. Mm-hmm. And that pisses me off because everybody has guts. Everybody can do whatever the fuck they want. They're afraid of what other people are going to think about them. And yeah, there are many times, many times where I'm, I have brief Moments where I'm like, oh, what are what is what are other people going to think? But then at the same time, I'm like, oh my God, I feel so good about my decision. And it's so easy to change something like that when um if you don't feel good about it, if you do feel bad about it, and people just need to be I don't think it's brave. I just think it's just like try something different. There are people that the people that say that to me a lot are always the ones that have the, have had the same hairstyle for like 20 years, have never changed anything about themselves. And I'm like, okay, so why are you saying that? Are you saying that because are you trying to make me feel better or are you try, are are you telling me that you are You wish you could do something that you just don't have the guts to do, which makes no sense because hair grows back. Mm -hmm. You can change your makeup. You can change your clothes. Don't do anything drastic like fucking plastic surgery because you can't really always change that. Um, But it's just like simple changes. Yeah. And I just want people to shut the fuck up because thanks. I'm glad that you are, I don't know, surprised. Because I I got something. Sometimes I actually when I do change my hair, especially when I shave my head, and people are like, "Oh my god, wow!" Um, I'm just like, sometimes I'm like, just stop it. Can you just like maybe not say anything? <laughs> because I'm not doing this for you. I'm just doing it for me. And when you do say something, it just um, makes me understand that like you have no, you just have no. Uh, I don't know, creativity, I guess. You have no drive to just try something new. And this is what I love about seeing what the people are doing now is that they just do something. They just, it's like, people do things differently. And mm-hmm. I love that. I love the people that do different, that have um, the guts, I guess, the guts to just, do something different because you can always come back to the what who you were. You can always come back to what that was. But the people that are afraid to do anything different, I feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. Cause you never know what what might be good. I look at some people and I'm like, you would look really good with short hair. Or whatever. And they're like, oh, no, I can't do that. I identify my my hair is what identifies me. And I think we were just talking about this the other day uh, because I just recently shaved my head and I haven't done it in a while. But I like to do it every once in a while. And um, I was telling you how, you know what, if I ever had cancer or I had anything where I had to lose my hair, I'm prepared for that then because I know that I can live without it. But there are a lot of people that would be really, really, really upset if they had to lose their hair. And I think that's something that we just need to accept within ourselves. That it's okay.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Because people don't give a fuck about you at all, really. Honestly, I have gone out so many times. Nobody looks at me twice. And that's how I know that it doesn't matter what I do. So I'm just going to do it for me.
1: Yeah. No one's really looking at any of us that close.
0: No. But I also think that's when it comes um to a point as like an outsider person if you do see something that you like that that's different that somebody does, fucking tell them like you see a random person out there and you like their haircut or you like the shirt they're wearing, just be like, "Hey, I love your shirt. You look really good. That just makes people feel really good,
1: yeah. you just give compliments, yeah, be positive, yeah, it never fails.
0: it never does.
1: I remember mm-hmm. um What's his name? Uh, Bill Murray talking about something like that. Um, You know, because he's notorious for kind of showing up everywhere and anywhere and people are, like, stoked and love him and want pictures and stuff. But he said – he's like, yeah, you get in that elevator and you see someone wearing a, you know, cool tie or something. He's like, just tell him. Like, hey, man, nice tie. Whatever. Like, just simple, simple. It doesn't have to be big. But those little things go a long way. Like, that guy will probably remember for the rest of his day that you – you know – you're not Bill Murray. Anybody, so of course, anybody. Yeah. Like, of course, if Bill Murray compliments my tie, I'm going to remember that. But at the same point, you know, throughout the rest of that day, maybe even week, that's what might keep me going. So I'm like, yeah, everything well, might be going to shit, but I, that guy told I, me my tie was nice. And like, we, I've never seen that person ever in my life.
0: We need to be, we need to get ourselves out of our comfort zones. We totally. need to be bold. We need to just do what we feel. And there's always going to be at least one person that loves what you're doing, whether you hear it or not. And this is just what, uh, this is like what I love about the LGBTQI, I sorry, um, community and um, eccentric people. I just... I I really draw to them because I just appreciate, because I felt so lost. My entire uh, high school years, because I went from elementary to high school, so 7 to 12, I had long hair. It wasn't until I graduated where I finally cut my hair off. And ever since then, it's been getting shorter and shorter mm-hmm. and I like go between. But it just felt like because I needed to look a certain way. And yes, I had my emo times, but that's just because I was rebelling and nobody liked me anyway. So (laughs) it didn't matter. But I just, I just love people that can just express themselves in different ways because that to me means whether you're shy or not, because uh, the people that do do that are so insecure. They are so insecure, but they put themselves out there. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I mean by being brave. I don't think it's brave to cut your hair off. I think that's just cutting your hair off. But it's brave to express yourself in a unique way.
1: Yeah. And we were talking, too, about how that's what so much of art is. Exactly. Is your unique expression. And whether that comes through how you dress and present yourself to the world every day, whether that's through some kind of performance that you give music that you write and perform or record or... Photos that you take and put out there, words that you write. like I think that's what always drew me to artistic fields and a career in the artistic world. Because, you know, when anyone presented those other kind of bullshit-looking career paths, I felt like that's not expressing anything about myself.
0: 100%.
1: That's not sharing my experience it, I don't know. I, I, I think this year in particular, well, from COVID till now, honestly, with, um, so much, I don't know, emphasis in language and rhetoric coming out of, you know, like governments and corporations and things. I've just felt like, God, that world is so boring. You know, like to me, it's just really showed the boringness of that. I'm like, there's nothing unique happening there. There's nothing that tells me about who you are as a person. There's nothing that shows any kind of bold spiritual exploration of the human potential. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm sure there's individuals within there who are, but just when I look at it from a you know, big bird's eye perspective, I go, that's just so uninteresting for the most part. Yeah. And I also think that there is something that we, you know, if we're not creating some kind of art, whether it's, you know, we're doing that professionally or just for hobby at home, for our own personal enjoyment, I, I do believe that our artistic and creative expressions are like the most important thing in the human experience. It doesn't mean that has to take up all your day. Mm. But if you're not doing that in any kind of form, if you're not treating anything that you do like an art, um, then it feels like you're repressing some part of your spirit and your growth and your potential. And yeah, I think that's what I find You know, like you had mentioned both, it really saddens me because I feel like there's this person there who, you know, when we repress things in ourselves, it creates pain, it creates discomfort, it creates insecurity. And I just feel like, man, it sucks that you have to feel that so heavy and so consistently when you could just have this outlet and you Mm -hmm. could feel so much more at ease and so much more present and enjoyable to be around as well in this world because i think that's i think we had talked about this on another episode where like i believe that's like our purpose of being here you know why are we here to experience each other like to learn from each other to see your expression of the world what you feel and how you react to it and then conversely to share mine and in that interaction. You know, there can be so much joy. And I think we just need to train ourselves in a way to not react to things that are new and novel and unexpected with fear and repulsion and reject. And instead, it's like, how do you react to new and unexpected in your event, uh, new and unexpected events in your life with just joy, admiration, humor? Like, why not try smiling, laughing or saying, I love that? When something is new and different than what you expected, instead of saying, ah, that scares me. I don't know what that is. I'm terrified. Because like, what harm does it do to you if someone else is just doing something different?
0: Yeah, it's just a funny thing. I think um, I think the point that I wanted to get at with this conversation basically was... Um. How rough it is to try to figure yourself out as a teenager, especially when things are in your face telling you to look this way, Mm. be this way, act this way. And it's not for me personally, it wasn't until so I, I can kind of identify certain ages where I started to finally, and I've always pushed a boundary with the way that I looked because I love changing it up. But, um, when I was 26, I say 26 is when I finally started to kind of like come into my own and accepting and not giving a fuck that that's my favorite thing. When I was 26, I learned not to fucking care Mm -hmm. because I lived in the past. I was worried about all sorts of things, cared about how I look, cared about what people thought about me. And then it just got better after that, where I started to kind of like mold myself, but I'm still the same person also at the same time as how I used to be, because I still like to change. I like to change like change my hair, like change my makeup, like change my clothes. I like to do all that, but I have the same personality mm-hmm. because that's who I am. But uh, I, 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 uh, I just I think about some of the things that I see on Instagram, of trends, you know, where I'm like, God. I feel terrible for the people that are growing up now because those trends are starting to make them feel like they're inadequate or they don't look the right way or they can't dance or they can't sing or they can't do this. Thing is, like we can do anything we want to do. Of course, there is a an element of talent, but I mean that doesn't have to limit you and that should not take away from you and your like what you can do. Mm-hmm. But I I guess I just I'm very I'm not sure because I don't know what teen life's like now. But mm-hmm. I look at it and it scares the fucking shit out of me. Like I'm so goddamn lucky I was born way before now. Way before it.
1: Absolutely. I don't think yeah, I want to go back boy. to my teen years and <laughs> I don't want to go back to my teen years in any decade. I don't know. No, I, I know. I feel sure. like there's something about that experience. Um,
0: I just feel like, honestly, personally, I'm so sorry to take this away from you, but I think that if I was where I, what where teens are now, like if I was a teenager right now, I think I probably would kill myself. I kind of honestly believe that. I uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's rough out there.
0: But what we were you saying? I'm so sorry. I just wanted to tell people I would kill myself. <laughs>
1: <Now>. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're not a teenager now.
0: Thank God.
1: Yeah, I don't want Thank that. Thank dog. Nobody wants that. Um, uh, i I don't know exactly where I was going with it, but I, I, it all comes back to my. I think my my one core message here throughout this episode is that we need to give each other the space to explore and try different personalities and try things differently. And I mean, it's something that I even feel in my life today where the world, um, or at least our like North American world just seems to really want to conform everybody and push people into same seas and have rules and structure and all these rigid kind of protocols around stuff. And, I just think that's very anti-human. You know, like because we have the choice with within our own minds to determine how we feel about something and how we approach something. Mm-hmm. And as long as we always have that you like you can't make everyone do the same or behave the same way. Um maybe for a short time, but eventually you'll break people. Mm-hmm. Right? Like um and I also just, again, I find that so uninteresting if everyone's the same and everything's the same. And if if literally every time you expect something to happen and it happens, I'm like, that's the most boring goddamn world I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Because I really love having an expectation of what might happen or how someone might be or what, uh, how events might happen. And then they happen completely different. Like, I love that. Even when they're bad, I'm like, whatever, you know what? There's a way to make this good. There's a way to find something enjoyable out of this. And if I cannot try to pretend like I am in control of my life and like I know how to get where I need to be and the exact steps I need to do at every minute of my day in life. Great. Like I love not being in control. Oh, my God. You know, it's like the difference between having to drive yourself somewhere or being driven somewhere. Like I would always choose someone else drive me. Like, I don't want to drive there. I don't want to deal right. with traffic. I don't want to make decisions. I don't want to push the buttons. Like, no, I'll tell you where I want to go. You choose the route. Give me there. That's like, nice. I don't care.
0: I don't feel the same, really. I need a level of control. I am totally open to uh, different ideas, different inputs that could make uh, maybe my plan a little bit better, seamless. But I need a level of control. Where I can – yeah, yeah. Like, it really depends on the situation. Um, But I don't want to give everything up. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has been one thing that actually has saved me from a lot of really bad situation when it comes to, like, drinking or being, um, like, super stoned or something. I – I maintain, for the most part, unless I'm in a a situation where there's people that I can really fully trust, I always maintain a level of control. Mm -hmm. I never want to be out of control because once I'm out of control, I don't know what happened. I don't know anything. I need to know enough to get through. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. Fair.
0: Um. I was going to say, we've been watching this show. We, We talked about the ultimatum last time. So I've been binge watching Too Hot to Handle. And for those that don't know, it's basically a bunch of these men and women get duped by Netflix saying they're going on some kind of show called like Love Island or wild love or some stupid shit like that they think they're gonna go just like go to this island and just fuck people for the rest of the summer they can just like hook up with whoever they want and um and then they get uh, to hold that no they're on too hot to handle which means they're not supposed to touch in any kind of sexual way they're not supposed to touch themselves they're not supposed to like kiss or anything and like I was saying earlier, we don't, uh, <laughs> this is the theme of the episode. We don't remember what we're talking about. <laughs> but I wanted to bring that up because I can see how um, people are so withdrawn from feeling when it comes to especially that show, which is just a minimal window of what's out there and how people cannot connect these days. Mm -hmm. And this is probably, like, completely different from what we were talking about. But let's talk about it.
1: Well, it makes me think of um, how wrapped up we get just in our – The appearance of our identity.
0: hundred percent.
1: Like, and I, well, just, I don't know, so much of culture, our culture here in general is appearances. Yeah. How do you look? How does it look? You know, the word is optics and politics, right? Like, how does that look? Like, great. How does it feel?
0: Yeah. Because the thing is, um, just because you look a certain way. Doesn't mean that has any representation of who you are. And I laugh because that's like I change my, my, myself all the time. So nobody knows who I am unless you get to know me. Mm -hmm. The thing with this show is that they kind of, that this is the thing. Yeah. They use, Uh, the cover of the book as their view into that person which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever fucking heard of and also they're all horny babies they're all horny babies (laughs) they cry and they fucking wanna fuck
1: (laughs) that's true But I think that's what happens when you base your experience and your ability to connect on like one aspect of um, people, like who we are or or regardless of people, like even in the art you consume or something. Like I think of some of the movies you showed me where um, like maybe I don't like or appreciate or see the, the detail or the difference in the animation. But that doesn't. You have
0: been really good at that though.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, maybe at first glance, it's like, oh, I don't like that. Or it's different than what I thought. And I'm not sure yet. But, you know, look beyond that, listen to the words, find the music, understand the drama and the connection.
0: All those old ones have soul. Like there's no soul in anything anymore. No soul at all. Like it's crushed.
1: And, um, and yeah, it just. It helps me to understand our ability to connect goes so much farther than our first apparent or like our first um reaction to you know whether how something looks smells sounds like we have what five senses it's a five I don't know they took away a planet so I don't know if they that's added it or took away <laughs> <license>. That's, that's <laughs>
0: hilarious um, five senses
1: yeah yeah but I'm like so use them all like. Okay maybe we can't taste a movie but like you know just
0: Sorry did you say booby or movie
1: Movie <laughs> You can taste a booby <laughs> I meant like a movie Okay okay a okay. motion picture
0: <laughs>
1: a film um you know but it just it makes me sad I guess when we dilute everything down to just one simple observation yeah one sense I'm like no paint the whole picture well because there's so much more and that's what our connections are built upon
0: yeah and uh what i think is kind of funny in a way with this show in particular is that yeah people are basing their um emotions or feelings or like desires based on what somebody looks like but they all are upset with how they were treated in relationships and they are projecting that and everything, which just blows my mind in a way we are, we okay. These are like, so under 25 year olds for the most part. And it's, it's scary to think that these, I'm going to call them kids because I'm old enough to be able to do that. These kids are basing relationships off of one time that they were hurt and not allowing themselves to be open to new relationships, which is ridiculous because there's always going to be times where you're going to be hurt and there are always going to be times where you're going to have great loves. And if you're going to close yourself off to it and just make things physical, you are always going to be miserable and depressed. It is worth more to give yourself to somebody and have your heart broken than it is to close yourself off. And that is what I feel like I'm seeing a lot is besides this show is just people get hurt once, they close themselves off, they make terrible decisions and they never learn from anything. And I will say, yeah, I've been hurt in the past. I've been hurt so bad that I wanted to kill myself at some point. Like, but thankfully, I grew up, you know, well, that- to appreciate what I have to offer and like what other people have to offer in different ways.
1: And the only way we get stronger is through facing resistance, facing challenge, facing fear, and, you know, experiencing that, um, you know, experiencing the outcome that we didn't want to have happen, but also experiencing the one that we did. And I was thinking with this show in particular how, you know, I bet if you ask any one of those guys, because they all work out and they all lift weights Mm -hmm. and stuff, why do you do that? Oh, I want to look good to attract a mate Yeah, or yeah. 100%. Right? Like, okay. So you pick up this heavy thing. You <laughs> flop it around. You make your body hurt, right? Because you're in pain the next day. So you can deal with that physical pain. But how would you like the ability to go up to any girl that you wanted, ask her out, and not feel bad if she says no right to your face or laughs at you or something? Like, you know how you do better at that? You just go out and do it and you get people who say no and laugh at you a lot. And then you get stronger and you're able to just go out and do it. So I'm like, it's the exact same behavior. It's the exact same workout. So I'm like, why not make yourself emotionally stronger? Tolerate that rejection instead of just sitting around going like, oh, I'm too afraid. I'm too weak. I need
0: to do something different to make myself better.
1: Yeah. Or just relying on looks, right? It's like, no. Exactly. How about you get more tolerant of somebody saying no to your face?
0: So- so I'm really sorry that this uh, episode has kind of turned into a Netflix uh, shows, but this is what I absolutely adore about Love on the Spectrum. I swear to God, this is something that everybody can learn from. Love on the Spectrum is basically a reality show that... um is a dating show for people on the spectrum. People that have au- autism and and disabilities but they're finding love. And what I fucking love about it is that whenever the connection is not right, somebody always says something and the other person takes it like a water off a duck's back. Like mm-hmm. no big deal. Hey, No problem. Let's be friends. That's fine. There is never, ever any ill will. I love that. That is something that we can all learn from. It's so easy. It's our egos that are being, um, what we think is being destroyed when somebody says no to us, which is so ridiculous. People go see love on the spectrum especially if you're single and you're looking for a love <laughs> because you can just it like everybody can just I love it so much it actually gives me so much joy because it's true like it's so it's the truest love and affection and understanding that I have ever seen, and I'm really glad that there is something. It kind of makes me kind of want to cry a little bit. It, I'm I'm really appreciative of the fact that we can see that kind of um, interaction out there.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you know what I mean? Like it's just not something that we see every day. And uh, the those people on two out ten will need to love or watch love on the spectrum. Because maybe they'll actually understand what's important absolutely, anyways,
1: does that feel like a good place to end?
0: Probably, I really have to pee <laughs>
1: anyways, on that so note,
0: we like didn't make sense at some points. no, just like I'm not sorry. I'll- this
1: is live conversation. It's what happens
0: it's actually it's, it's live conversation a lot of times we don't really come in with a um, direction we just have an idea in mind and we're going off literally live thoughts and, and reactions and so um, yeah. and that's
1: why people tune in here
0: thanks ma <laughs>
1: alright have a good day yeah, good night thanks. morning wherever you are goodbye <laughs>